ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 76. Tonight on the show, we play some fun music trivia. We review System of a Down, Ken Andrews, and Stabbing Westward. I'm your host, Foggy, and with me as always, JPP. Easy listening sounds for the hard of hearing. It's JPP. JPP. That is me. Wee oui, wee. Oui. I was really expecting some keyboards, but I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> Joining us tonight is T-Bags. Swinging deep into the valleys of Liptonia. That's nasty. Able to plunge from high altitudes, only to land with a gentle splat. That's nasty. Receiving only the finest education from his instructor, Earl Grey. It's... It's... T-Bags. Too hot for TV. Hey, how's it going? Good, thank you. And rounding out the lineup, adding cleanup. That would be fourth. That's good. Is Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's... Metalhead Monday. Yeah, I don't know about cleanup. I'm pretty messy. But well, after hey. the tea bags just splat, we need to clean up. <laughs> I, I'm not volunteering for that. Yeah. I have to admit, I was preparing myself to be cut off or somehow interrupted by Paul with his keyboards. I'm a little disappointed. I'm, I'm tired AF tonight. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not in my element. I'm out of my element tonight. So. All right. Well. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll share something interesting though too. Um, I got Steve. You're in the, one of the little Facebook groups that I'm in with nerdy people and such. Have you seen <laughs> the fellow that's been doing his basement with all the killer TARDIS and Star Trek uh, themed design in there? Oh, I don't know if I've seen him or not. I've You'll, seen a bunch of your, the posts you share, which are hilarious. Yeah, there's a lot of memes going on, but yeah, he'll he'll share updates. He's actually built his basement. Well, his basement was already pre-built, obviously, but he's gone in and he's made it look like the transporter room from the Enterprise and the, the main bridge. And then he's I got the TARDIS it. and he's got like the inside of the TARDIS. So I've been doing some sound design work for him. So when he goes in the transporter room, it actually sounds like the room and the warp getting ready to engage and then I'm working on sound effects for the bridge, that little ambient roar that happens and stuff. So he's going to have that stuff streaming through the building as he's, you know, in certain rooms, it'll continue and it's all fully automated. He's got actual interfaces that look like the transporter room and he'll push buttons and stuff happens. His TV screen pops up out of the TARDIS. And I mean, he's obviously got a lot of free time in the pandemic and he's doing a fantastic job with it. So that's why I'm tired. I've been working on sound effects for him. I think That's next cool. week when I announce you guys, you should do the transporter sound. See, they can't see us out there in podcast land. It'll just be like we transported into the podcast. Yeah, they'll never know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Facebook groups, well, first of all, Paul, when you're telling that story, I, will, I would love to see a house that didn't have a basement pre-built, like a basement add-on. That'd be... <laughs> um, and then, um, but I was I was on this Nine Inch Nails uh, Facebook group, and the moderator posted this thing that said, um, "Just wanted to let everybody know that there's some weirdos on this group. They sent me a private message that they wanted to meet in the woods naked and uh, worship Satan, and they never showed up." <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, I saw that in a different group. <laughs> I think that's making the rounds. Yeah, I guess that was pretty versatile. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, gentlemen, you got your thinking caps on tonight. I see that uh, two of them do. I do. I don't know if I'm thinking, but it's on. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to play some trivia. So at this point in the game, I'm going to present my screen with y'all. Can you see it now? Yeah, I see yeah. it. All right. So now you guys obviously know when you're sharing a screen, you cannot see the other people. So as you come up with your answers, you must chime in with your voice because I can't see hands. Okay. okay. You guys ready? Yeah. Ready. Yep. All right. Here we go. So uh, like I said, a couple of softballs. It's going to throw them up for fun. I will read it first. You are not allowed to chime in until I read it so that the audience can hear it. Paul, you okay? That was not me. 
he threw his sinuses which music group came up with their name in science class oh wow um <laughs> ding ding go ahead paul i don't know i'm just gonna say incubus because their album was called science incorrect um would you like a clue I'm going to say, uh, ding, ding, I'm going to say R.E.M. Incorrect. Yeah, I got nothing. It was in a biology book. Man, this is going to be so obvious when we get it. I know. Is it <laughs> I would think so for you especially, Lundy. Uh, anthrax. Yay! All right. All right. <laughs> so do we still, yeah, we'll count that for Monday. One, zero. It's the Monday challenge anyway. We just got to beat him, so. You ready for number two? I'm always ready for number two. Which band recorded an album in the same California house where an infamous mass murder occurred? Go ahead. Uh, Nine Inch Nails. Correct. I did not know that. Are you serious? You can't be serious. I am not serious. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to fire you from the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who was the first female singer to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Ooh. Bing bong. Okay. I'm just going to say Joan Jett. Incorrect. No. Um, Should have been. This person's pretty good. <laughs> and I will add one clue. There is a connection to Kokomo, Indiana. Do what? What was the clue? There's a connection to Kokomo, Indiana. Hmm. Oh, her son was actually in our class, my class. Pee poop. Okay, Aretha okay. Franklin. Correct. Huh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I had to make. I'm just making random noises. Was I think in for like maybe a semester? Mm-hmm. So. And she had a song called First Snow in Kokomo." What do you know? Yeah. All right. You get ready to get tough. Okay, let's get tough now. The first commercial music compact disc to be sold in the United States was an album by which artist? Wow. Um, Michael Jackson. Incorrect. The year was 1984. Uh, Beatles. Incorrect. Van Halen. I was going to say 19. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that would have been a clever... uh... Can we guess more than once? I don't care. We make the rules. We do whatever we want. Yes, twenty times. I don't care. We're in tea bags land. Anything can happen. Hey, hey guys, uh, I'm the boss here. <laughs> Prince. Uh, what is this genre? Rock. Okay. Kiss. I was gonna say Madonna. That's not really rock. Yeah, Paul's I, gave a, I gave you a clue a minute ago. Yeah. An album <laughs> came out in ninety four. Eighty four. Yeah. Did I say ninety four? You said that. What is wrong with me? Um, <clears throat> let's see. The drummer has a connection to one of my favorite bands. I have no idea. Yeah. Yep. I got nothing. Dumped. Ready? Yep. Yeah. There you pain. go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I see the connection now. <clears throat> gotcha. Mm-hmm. I tried to say earlier, I'm the boss. But, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess well you're looking for clues, you know. Yep. Which rock band made a brief yet memorable appearance in the Simpsons movie, 2007? Oh, I have no clue. I've never seen that. I saw it, but I can't remember. Oh. Beat Borp. Was it you two? They were on an episode, or at least, yeah, mm-hmm. they were on an episode, but not in the movie. Okay. But if nobody else gets it, I'm giving you that, because they were on there. I have cool. no idea. Uh, Aerosmith? What was, the, what was the Gallagher Brothers? Oasis. No, he's just, yeah. no. Okay. Give yeah, up? I don't know. I've never seen it. Yeah. Green Day, of there course. Yeah, they were quite relevant then. What musician won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 2016? Oh, Bob Dylan. About them apples. <laughs> that would have been a clue for Tony if I had to give you a clue. But okay. <laughs> Before joining Black Sabbath, Geezer Butler and Ozzy Osbourne played together in a band called Earth. Incorrect. <laughs> that was actually Sabbath's name before they changed it, I think. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know that one. See, I thought maybe, I knew it would be tough, but I thought maybe you metalheads would know that one. Nope. I, yeah. I, I mean, I gave away my pre-Sabbath trivia there with the earth that's i don't know <laughs> we, we give a half a point to monday nobody gets it <laughs> nope i don't know rare mm. breed rare breed hmm. okay A this accurate this might be the last one i can't remember it's only number eight. Oh, shut it name one of two songs recorded by bob dylan the beatles and elvis mm. Like they all recorded that song, the same song. Yep. Hmm. I know we have a big Bob Dylan fan base with Tony, and Jeremy loves the Beatles, so yeah, so everybody loves Elvis. I do love Elvis. Actually, like Elvis. Yeah. Um. Was one Fun of them fact. What was that, Tony? Was one of them a holiday song? Is this one of those things where? No. Hmm. Oh, that would have been okay. yeah. No, that's not. Just take a stab and then we'll move on. Hound dog. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows what the hell Bob Dylan recorded? You can't understand him. <laughs> I thought you might know yesterday. Ah, uh, Elvis did yesterday. Huh. Okay, that was the last yesterday. one. Sorry, Monday. You only got eight. I think everyone's done yesterday. That's like <laughs> the most, the most covered song in history. I've never heard Elvis though do it, which I would actually like to hear that. We're going to find it. Okay. We will review it next week. For I'd, like our rare, I'd like to hear rare breed cover it. <laughs> <laughs> I have, a, I have a fun uh, fun fact. Lacey tells me that I'm not allowed to sing to her unless I sing in my Elvis voice. So that's my can we Can we get a snippet of that? Yeah, no kidding. No. No. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, we we have to keep this somewhat rated. We don't want, you know, things to get a little crazy in the Monday household where we're trying to record our podcast. Seriously, man. <laughs> to turn my camera off. Yeah, and I, your mic, please. I kind of want that Monday <laughs> yesterday cover now. Oh, I'm yeah. kind of excited. So, all right. Well, next week, Paul has the challenge. And uh, we skipped Lester Bangs this week, but Tony will bring that to us next week. That's, so, right. that's exciting. Paul, do you have any idea for your challenge, or is it going to be a surprise? I do. I'm going to. I'm going to kind of borrow a concept that uh, resonated with me over the weekend when hanging out with uh, a group on on a Zoom chat. So we had some homework that essentially was, what are you know in 2020, things are chaotic and. You eat your comfort food. You may watch a favorite show, things like that. What are your comfort albums? What's something that you can listen to that kind of always brings you back into your little safety pod, if you will? You know, like when we were talking about movies and shows, some people would love to binge watch Buffy or Doctor Who or maybe even go through certain movies. For me, it was like the Goonies and stuff like that that I enjoyed as a kid because the storyline was magical and, you know, it was a fun adventure and that kind of thing. So do you have albums that you find yourself going to that just really put you at ease in the crazy times that we're having? Hmm. Okay. Okay. I think we can all probably come up with 10 of those. <laughs> yeah, probably. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you want to pick two or three, that's cool. I, I won't make it make you limit it to one. They'll give you a little variety because sometimes you have different moods and those may apply. If you want to be filled with rage, that's valid. If you want to calm down before bed, that's valid too. All right. But uh, I think that uh, the, the rage songs kind of calm you down, don't they? They can. They one can of help. the reasons I love metal so much. Mm -hmm. yeah, I get in metal. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. That's going to be fun. I like that. Right on. Challenge. Right on. Okay. Well, we've got a mishmash this week of uh, three different groups. We've got two EPs and a group of two songs. So we only have, uh, what is it, 10, 12, 12 songs. So it's almost like doing an album. So we're going to take them in the order of System of a Down, Ken Andrews, and then Stabbing Westward. Okay. So System of a Down, first. Isn't that first music in 15 years? 
Yes. Long time coming. Uh, Monday, you want to lead us in because you watched a special on this. Well, no, no, I didn't watch a special. Um, I have heard actually just listening to the Jossa show podcast. Um, he had not terribly long ago, he had the bass player uh, from System of a Down On, whose name I'm blanking on. They all have Armenian names. I can't, I don't know. Um, but uh, Darren Malikian? No, he's a guitar player and co vocalist. Cool, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, Shavo. what was it? Shavo Adagian? Sha- yeah, Shavo. Shavo, how do you say Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he was on Josta and he was talking about, <clears throat> I mean, and they, they really kind of got into it like deep about, you know, what the holdup was, why they couldn't get along and figure stuff out. And, you know, talking about how he, he really wasn't holding his breath on them ever coming back together and making music and stuff. So I was a little surprised when I heard this was coming but but they what i also heard uh an interview with uh darren malakian and he said that these two songs he had pretty much already written for his band scars on broadway and um he just kind of you know adapted them to fit system of a down and uh I, i don't know if anybody else came in and wrote anything on them because he said he already had them. So, but uh, um, they got put these together to raise money for the charity, the Armenia Fund, um, to, you know, help help their uh, home country, I guess, as it were, their ancestral home. Mm-hmm. And um, so far, they, as of three days ago, they've raised over $600,000. So that's pretty awesome, you know? That is. And he said, uh, Malakian said that they could, it, it, it was awesome that they could get together for this cause, but he just, you know, there, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do more in the future, but he's, you know, again, he's like, I'm not really holding my breath. So, so these, this is cool. It's cool that we got these, but it, you know, I, I wouldn't be looking Don't for more any, yeah, anytime soon. It's interesting that he had those written prior to, I wonder how they changed, like vocally, the two work so well together on this. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes you wonder if they had to change the vocals a little bit or adjust in any way to account for two singers and, you know, Surge is so powerful anyway, but the two just like perfect together. Yeah, they've always sounded really good together. And, you know, whether it's trading off or singing together, they they work well together vocally. Agreed. Yeah. JPP, you want to? Oh, go ahead, Tony. No, I just agree with that. I, thought, I think they sound good together. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I gave them a, a good listen. And, you know, thank you for the insight on it. I didn't get a chance to do the, the homework, like to the extent that, you did their money, but um, you know, listening to the songs, I mean, they were certainly solid. And it's funny that you know, there's certain levels of energy with System of a Down. I mean, their their faster paced stuff is certainly always tight and solid and a lot of fun. And I certainly got a taste of that. And uh, the first tune that um, was on on that single with that little playlist on Spotify basically was more straight ahead, but great riff. Uh, there's a couple of really solid riffs in there. Um, kind of the, the intro part of it. And then there's one that has some little half steps and, and just a really good groove. And, you know, I felt, I felt the payout pretty early on with, with both of them. So very gratifying. Yeah. That's uh protect the land was the first song. And that one's the, uh... That's what I mean. It's just a solid mid-tempo groove. It's nothing too fancy, and you know, it's pretty pretty cool. I I would recommend if you guys get a chance to watch the video for that because uh, it's got some pretty powerful imagery from Armenia and stuff. Some really some really neat stuff going on in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I did play the video link, but I was had head down in my work, so it was on in the background. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I do plan to revisit. Yeah, this is definitely unmistakable system of a down, but it does sound a little nicer 
the like musically doesn't sound quite as rough and i think it's just probably aging you know but it's unmistakable when you hear it those grooves and everything are definitely just moved down yeah it's a really good track yes it is it's very good i wonder if that um is partially due to him to malakian already having it for his other band because i mean that that would of the two, this one sounds much less like a system of a down song. Agreed. It, for them, it's pretty straight up. It's not, you know, they're usually a little more dynamic and, uh, you know, got a mm-hmm. little more going on. Yep. What'd you think of the second song? I really liked it. I, I mean, it's just a fast paced kind of banger. Um, there's a really cool breakdown, like around the minute mark. And I, I mean, it's just kind of, other than that short little breakdown, I mean, it's pretty much just <laughs> balls to the wall straight through. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's not as intense. I mean, it's got some intense feel to it, but, you know, you think a song like Pogo, and that just rips your head off, right? This is, uh, you know, got that energy, but at the same time, the drums aren't as, like, apparent and beefy in, in this production as their previous efforts, which is not a bad thing. It's... 15 years later and the vibe is completely different than what they were going on and what they had going on back then, basically. But, uh, you know, still a very solid tune and excellent musical effort. Yeah. I kind of went back and forth on, it was kind of like the double edged sword of, it was all good and sounded like you would expect it to sound. And then the flip side of that is it wasn't anything unexpected. Like there wasn't anything there that was, you know, earth shattering. So depending on when I listened to it, I never didn't, uh, or I never hated it by any means. There are times I felt it more and there are times I felt like I was just listening to a shuffle play on a, you know, 10 years ago type track. But, um, but they're still, they're still good. I like both tracks actually. I just felt like it kind of whetted my appetite for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, see that. I would mm-hmm. like to see the whole project. Yeah. I think system of a down fans, you know, I'd be curious if anybody, listening that are diehard system of a down fans if they want to weigh in on their thoughts on it is it something that scratched the itch and they're looking forward to future releases or do they feel it's a stark contrast from previous efforts and you know did it did it age well you know did the band coming back hit them in the right spot yeah good question i thought it was interesting too i mean both of these tracks you know they recorded them for the reason of uh, raising money for this charity and stuff. And both songs, the lyrics certainly fit the the idea, the concept. Because, I mean, both songs, you look at the lyrics, it, I mean, they're very easily about everything that's going on in Armenia and always has. I mean, they talk about, you know, the uh, genocide and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So uh they both certainly stayed on topic and again it makes me wonder like if if he already had both of these songs like i mean i i don't know if he was going to do something else with them or or what like why he already had these two songs that are kind of about the same thing i don't know i i would i'm interested in a little more background on that well let's just ask him to be on the show next week Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a question, Mundy, about that. When and maybe he didn't clarify this, but when you said he had both songs, was that like just in the musical aspect and they put lyrics to them or I don't know. All all he said was that he had both songs ready written already for Scars on Broadway. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Do we need to do a rating? Just two songs? I don't I'm I have one. Go for uh, it. Do it. I, I did a three and a half out of five. I, they're both really solid. They're both kind of, you know, show what System of a Down's capable of, and uh, they're I've definitely listened to them again. So, so I will especially watch the Protect the Land video somewhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm just gonna pretty much ditto Monday there because I was three and a half, and I'll listen again too. JPP. I give it three and three quarters, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I think if uh, I'm thirsty for some good groove and metal uh, that I would be very happy to have that shuffling in the playlist and uh, we'll continue to listen again and look out for future updates. If any arrive. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd do a three point five, and I will definitely listen again because I really like it. And uh, like I said, though, just when you get two songs and you like them, it's just like keep keep it coming. Yeah. We need you know we need an album. We need twelve songs. Yeah. So hopefully <laughs> they uh, maybe this will bring them back together and they can get it together and produce uh, a pure system of down record for us here in the next couple. We shall see. Yes, we shall. Okay, our next record or EP is Ken Andrews' What's Wrong, which is crazy because one of my best friends growing up, my neighbor, his father was named Ken Andrews. So <laughs> when you said that, I was like, what? Um, yeah, EP, <laughs> why don't you uh, bring us up to speed on Ken Andrews before we get rolling? Ken Andrews is a musician that uh, hit me pretty hard in the mid-'90s. Um, in fact, Monday... Well, actually, it's funny. We went to a Lollapalooza. It was the one that Tool and Prodigy headlined. And, you know, basically rode with him. And we kind of went our separate ways through the day, checking out music and all that stuff. And I went and hung out at the second stage for a while and saw a lot of great bands. And Failure was one of them. And they were on their Fantastic Planet tour. And just Les Pauls, heavy hitting drums, just huge guitar sound, low end bass great songwriting and i'd already seen music videos on mtv for stuck on you so that was what the appeal was initially i had to check them out and ken after the set actually was kind enough to come sit down at the merch table and chat with people for a bit signed a sticker for me i bought cd on the spot and his guitar player came and signed the sticker too which turned out to be troy van leeuwen of uh, queens of the stone age in a perfect circle later on so that was mind-blowing and uh when he was done, he's like, Hey, um, tools getting ready to go on. Are you going to see him? I said, yeah. And he's like, well, you can walk with me. So we walked up to the pavilion and uh, went and caught tool. And of course he got to go backstage, lucky son of a gun. And uh -huh. he actually collaborated with, um, uh, I think Adam Jones collaborated with him on a project called the replicants, which was a, a cover album. And if you haven't heard it, I highly suggest it. It's a lot of fun. The cars, they, they do a cars tune on there. They do a Neil Young tune as well. And, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, <clears throat> there's there's a, a wide variety of, of good good tunes on that. So Failure was the main project that turned me on to Ken Andrews. Later on, he, he created the project just simply called On. The album Shifting Skin was fantastic. He had a solo uh, record out uh, as well. And then another group called Year of the Rabbit, which is just in your face, heavy rock and solid and amazing as well. So he's one of my faves. And if you've listened to our episode with Holy Wars, Kat and Nick mentioned that failure lends a huge amount of influence in their musicality as he does mine too. And they're not ashamed to say that, you know, they try to emulate a lot of his sounds and he, he uh, kind of bleeds out in some of my riffs at times as well, just because that style and the voicing is just so prominent and fascinating. And I wanted you guys to, if you hadn't really given him a chance in any of those projects before to check him out on this, he just kind of slipped this under the radar, you know, with the pandemic, I'm sure, you know, of course, many musicians aren't obviously gigging. He's a studio producer as well. So I'm sure he's keeping busy in that regard. And this is a way to have some creative outlet and came out with uh, five really killer tunes, in my opinion. Well, we know where you sit on this one. Um, yeah. <laughs> hated yeah. it. No kidding. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think musically, I wasn't really prepared for what it was going to be like. And pleasantly so. Uh, that's what struck me first is I just kind of listened through all five songs. My only real issue uh, was sometimes I felt like his voice got lost at times. I don't know if, if it's it, down it, in the mix a little it bit. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And I wish it would have been a little more prominent just because I like to be able to hear the lyrics. Um, some of them weren't online anyway, so you couldn't read to try to, to follow along. So that took me out of it a little bit, but uh instrumentally i thought it was really impressive and uh, really fresh i liked it a lot yeah and i will say too that vocally this sounds different than his previous efforts to me like and i think things are a little more lush and reverberated and and kind of textured and surely it's intentional but if you definitely hear some of his previous efforts 
you'll you'll hear that he's more prominent and a lot more dry vocally too and it's great because his voice is typically rather mellow on top of the the heavy stuff and it just complements it nicely so if you go and listen to failure or you're the rabbit things like that i think you'll you'll see a, that where that contrast is and how this is a bit of a different effort from the previous releases yeah i thought it was i didn't really have any expectations going in is like okay well this is one that paul's calling so let's see what we got here and i was pleasantly surprised um listening through the whole thing i mean he's got on this release it's there's kind of a through line of like there's like this uh droning almost spacey kind of feel to his guitar sound Mm-hmm. Um, it was creates some really cool textures. Um, his vocals are, you know, kind of on the lower, um, almost uh, kind of on the line of like, you know, tenor baritone kind of a uh, little deeper, very cool delivery. Um, I thought a lot of it, it almost like made me think of like a cure meets the perfect circle feel a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of elements of both of those bands in it. Um, but yeah, very cool, very cool. I liked it. I didn't have any expectations either, other than I have some familiarity with Ken Andrews and Failure in particular. Um, so my only expectation was this will probably be good, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and it was. I, I liked it. I'm with you guys. I wish the vocals would have been up a little bit. I don't know if that is just something that. You know, you read articles later and people say they're intimidated by putting their vocals out there so they purposely bury them or if it was an artistic choice or whatever. But um, I thought it was really good. And there's lots of really good, like, gritty, dirty bass sounds mm-hmm. in there. Um, uh, was, I don't know, I'm assuming that was baseball, right? Yeah, for the most part. And then uh, on Too Many Thoughts, uh, that's bass is very prominent at the first half and at the end it has yeah. a nice little synth passage. And what's funny is... He, po- I don't know if you saw his video for Sword and Shield, but uh, I, I did comment on that video about how you know I really enjoyed the release and Too Many Thoughts was one of my favorites. And he actually replied, he's like, that one's kind of a sleeper on on this release for me. And I replied back that you know that second half just really hit me in the right spot. So um, I just thought it was good groove and just fun textures from a uh, sound design and, and production standpoint. That's kind of the angle I went with it and uh, it hit me. I really dug the hell out of it. And that video is very entertaining to say the least. <laughs> yeah, all the, He's dressed up as Trump the whole time <laughs> playing each <laughs> instrument. Uh, and yeah, he's like disgustingly so dressed up as Trump with uh, yeah. some kind of a worm or something coming in and out of his nose and his mouth and very odd video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Too many thoughts with one of my favorite tracks on there, but uh, I thought he sounded really great on Crow's Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I don't know if that was just a little bit cleaner. I mean, when I say cleaner vocals, just like I could hear them better. But man, I mean, all in all, this whole thing was I'm not going to jump ahead to my rating, but I will be saying I'll be listening again because uh, I, I was on, it was on repeat over the weekend pretty solidly. Cool. Yeah, Crow's Eye was uh, interesting. It, like you listen to the first two songs and then Crow's Eye comes on and you're like, well, this is different. Sunshine. And it's got a very different feel. It's kind of like this weird uh, sort of pop rock turn in the song. It just kind of caught me off guard. But I, I mean, I really liked it. It was very well done. Mm-hmm. And you guys you're, keep mentioning too many thoughts. And like, my only note on that song was like that bass tone, though. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So if uh, I might share this link with him. So if you're listening, we, we don't think that song's a sleeper for sure. <laughs> well, it was before we got it. Now it's about to blow up. That's right. Yep. You're going to have tens of listens. i really liked uh sword and shield you know when that kicks in it's it's got this weird thing going on where it kind of feels dark and broody but it's also up tempo 
Mm -hmm. So yes. it has this weird kind of dynamic going on with it, or not dynamic, kind of a dichotomy. It's like it's like you're getting both at the same time. It's yeah. a little strange, but it, it works really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's artistry, for, and he's really good at that. In fact, uh, you listen to previous efforts again with failure and and on and, and things like that. He's really good at playing with textures and and playing with feels, but also contrasting them in a way that it could be more brooding if you took out some of the elements, but at the same time they merge together very nicely. Yeah, I think he seems to get a lot out of very minimal drum work. Mm -hmm. yeah. It feels like there's more there, but I think if you really listen, it seems like it's pretty minimalistic, but it really has a great sound. I really enjoyed the drums on What's Coming. I thought the drums on that song were pretty killer. Yeah. I had a note about that too, Monday. Um, I'm also interested. This week was a good week with a lot of music coming out. Um, and we were in the car, my wife and I were in the car, and she had a song i had one of the new things on and it was on shuffle play and i was like hey let's go back let's just start from the beginning um all of this to say like even with something that's five songs i think like the order that you decide to put them out in for people like us that listen in order matters so you know with that too many thoughts where it hit in there it was, it was pretty good crow's eye um you know kind of breaking it up mm -hmm. but uh paul i know you're working on new music and stuff too what do you what do you guys think about the entire like flow and like the thought that goes into that. It's important for sure. I mean, you definitely don't want, I mean, I say you don't want, but there has to be an intention. If you are taking a certain feel and then you hit them like a brick wall and give them a hard 90, you know, is that intentional or are you just putting songs in you know, a particular order, things like that. And um, I know, I think I stressed out the most while I was writing data of these accolade. I think I was stressing out about, the flow of how things were going to blend together or, you know, take the feel out of this and head another direction. And how do you make that transition valid and things like that? And, you know, I, I was fledgling with doing that. So I don't know if I did a good job, but at the end of the day, I really tried hard to make it, you know, kind of tell a story and flow a certain direction. So I feel like yeah. he does that well because this, this stuff is kind of outside of his normal songwriting realm in terms of, you know, the sound and feel in, in some ways, but mm -hmm. it, while it still sounds familiar at, at the same time, but I think that like you were saying that the way everything's kind of different, almost kind of creates a, an arc in terms of, okay, this is kind of Ken Andrews ish. Okay. We're going to get really different here. And then we're going to kind of tie back into some of the other things that we've experienced with him too. Yeah. I think there's definitely an art to creating the track listing Mm -hmm. um, I think more and more these days that falls by the wayside just because everybody's so much. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. I would say definitely in the pop and hip hop world and all of that. Um, mm -hmm. They're more focused on like singles and mm -hmm. uh, playlists, that kind of thing. Precisely. But I mean, even in those worlds, especially hip hop, we've, I mean, we've reviewed some on here that, have um, the track listing makes the album i mean it, it really does and but like for guys like us that listen to the whole release that's it it, it really helps it, it, it's kind of you know moves the project forward as you're listening mm -hmm. yeah when you say art i'm not i'm not trying to take us off on too much of a path here so we can get back on it but when you say art like i think about like you know generally novels and movies and things have acts and you know uh, ups and downs specifically placed there obviously you know these types of things um when traditional television was going on it mattered who was like after the tonight show because they were getting handed off you know that kind of thing so in music i just want i wondered if you guys listened to like i do you know when we're going to review something like straight through just to see that or you just kind of jump around it, I think I, I go from cover to cover, if you will. It's it's biological, you know, just like um, movies and feelings that you get as the story progresses. Of course, you know, you can't hit the person with 100 percent action the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's going to be exhausted by the end of the film. But at the end of the day, it, it certainly has to have, you know, crawl, walk, run or you start off running and then you have to take a little break and hit him again later. That kind of thing. There's there's. Yeah. Uh, certain 
you know ways to position that that uh, wave if you will for lack of a better way to describe it yeah yeah typically if we're listening to something to review it i will do the same i'm start to finish uh this week it didn't matter so much i think on this ken andrews one it does out of the three things we're reviewing this one matters the most for sure uh, I mean, you know, the system of a down is only two songs. Obviously, that doesn't really matter. And the stabbing westward, I mean, it's uh, it's covers, so I don't think that really matters too much. Yeah. But on the Ken Andrews, I definitely song order matters. I wish we could cut. I wish we could cut to system of a down and just like eight hours of them trying to figure out which one should go first. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Monday made me think here a second ago what you were saying about the singles thing. It's yeah. interesting that we've almost come full circle. Like 50s and 60s was all about the single, and they bought the oh, 45s, yeah. and it was American yeah. Bandstand. And then we got into the albums in the 70s, 80s, and all that. And now we've kind of, with digital, come right back around to the singles culture again. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. So. Yeah, that's true. All, all right. right. Shall we rate it? Yeah. Uh, I'll jump in if you don't mind. Yeah. I, I put it as a 3.9 and we'll listen again. All right, Monday. Uh, I just three and a half again. Uh, it's something totally new for me. I really enjoyed it and I will definitely be listening to this again. And I'm going to be looking into some more of his other projects. Sweet. JP. Well, I'm I'm going to give it a 4.9. Not that I'm biased, but I just absolutely <laughs> am a, I'm a huge fan of his work. Um, no, <laughs> no I, I am a huge fan of his work. I have been for a long time. And anytime I do see something new from him, I get very excited and fired up to to be creative again. He's also got a YouTube channel where he dissects production of songs and talks about his experiences with failure and um, various other topics pertaining to the industry. and and I eat it up. I, I I know he's busy. He was trying to be uh, somewhat consistent with episodes and things get shuffled, especially in 2020. So he gets them out when he can. And I always look forward to him. I of course will be listening again and I'm going to be sending you guys some playlists with uh, the other projects that I mentioned, especially failure, of course, and year of the rabbit. I think year of the rabbit will knock your socks off. Cool. Yeah, and I would also go 3.5. I will definitely listen again. And um, since this is really my first time with Mr. Andrews, I'm like Monday here, and I'll probably go back and check out Failure. Um, I'm definitely interested enough to do that. Excellent. Nice. All right. So our last bit of music to review tonight is Stabbing Westward, Hallowed Hymns. And um, who would like to kick us off? I feel like Monday should be doing this kickoff. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you guys, you all know I'm an easy mark for Stabbing Westwards. One of my absolute favorite bands. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for Christopher Hall's voice. Um, and, you know, I love the that industrial sound. So I was very happy to see them putting some more quote unquote new music out because this is we get three covers and a remix of one of those covers so but uh i'm i love that they're still working together they're doing something at least and uh this one is a lot of fun i think yeah, yeah. Right. i have i i like stabbing us for that too and his voice is incredible um, i could echo everything you said there um, the only issue that I had was all of these songs have like a certain memory attached to them with the original bands for me. Um, so, but I loved them. I thought they were great. I, I thought they did a great job. It's just really hard for me to like put it up against the cure during burn for the crow soundtrack, which was like, you know, the soundtrack of our college days. But, um, See, uh, you're falling you're falling into that fatal flaw though there where when you listen to cover songs, you don't have to compare them to the original. No, but I it's hard not to sometimes, but no, I, I love when bands do covers and just 
cover the song. They're covering songs that they love. I I am a cover freak. Like I have playlists of just covers. So I'm with Same. you on that. Totally. But like coming from like the world of Nine Inch Nails where um, Get Down Make Love sounds a whole lot different than Queen's version. And you know, okay. I kinda of like the remix that they did for Burn. I like better than their cover of Burn. But um, but again, like I don't know what you guys talk to. There's no, there's nothing wrong. These are totally great tracks. And I think really what it is, it's the memory. It's not really the song. It's just the, the memory. So it's hard to get that out of my head. Um, but, but I love them. So, I mean, especially Killing Moon, I think, was the most surprising one that I thought I'd like. But I think they yeah. that was that was super solid. But anyway, you guys, you guys talked about it. I just want to give you kind of my preference there. Okay. I want Monday to take his headphones out for a minute. <laughs> um, I'll still love you. I promise. All right. Thanks, buddy. So, I, everything that made Burn great was stripped. And it, to me, this came out sounding like a dance party remix for middle aged people. And <laughs> obviously, knowing the movie The Crow and knowing the song, there was. Everything in that with that drum beat and that that bass, you know, and then even had the birds in the background. It just gave me this feeling and this this kind of mood that it created. Totally stripped out of it in this version. It was a little too happy, a little too groovy, bouncy. I don't know what it was, but just it really killed it for me. I, I didn't like that. I did like the remix later, the Devil's Night mix better than their original remake. Mm-hmm. Um and every day's Halloween is fine. I, I don't really have much of a connection to that. It, not maybe my choice for songs to redo, but it was okay. And um, I hated The Killing Moon. Um, yeah. Again, it, it stripped out everything that I loved about Echo and the Bunnymen's version. And Billy, you know, <laughs> the, I like the singing on the original better. Not that he's a better singer, just on that song. I like that so much better. And I just couldn't remove it from my head while I was listening. So maybe that's not fair. But, um, and again, it took, it just took out so many of the parts I loved and the, it, it, the industrial, I don't think works with that song. Me personally. So, Paul. Paul. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Paul quick. Before Jeremy yells. Man. Yeah. Let's uh, kids. <laughs> let's, let's behave here. Okay. It's pretty weird when you got to break up a fight between a principal and uh, you know another individual here. But anyway, <laughs> Sorry. yeah, another girl there. So here's what I did. I didn't get a chance to touch this until today, and I had to run to a, a hardware store and pick up some stuff. So I had um, I had the playlist on. I didn't even look at it sight unseen. I just pushed play and hit the road. So. I, I got pleasantly surprised by everything. It's like, oh, that's familiar. That's familiar, et cetera. So uh, I looked at it from a different angle. And having played in bands and, and have done cover songs and things, I certainly can appreciate a band's signature style and their imp- interpretation of uh, said cover songs, if you will. It's just a matter of preference, really. And and I totally see everybody's points on on that. I, I got to say that, you know, when I started to hear burn, I'm like, that sounds vaguely familiar. And then once the lyrics kicked in, I'm like, ah, okay. And then my head went to uh, back in high school when this was kind of the anthem of our high school year. And it, w- it was constantly on repeat for me, at least when I had the soundtrack Monday and I went and saw the movie, what a dozen times, I think. I, I don't even know. We went tons of times, you know, cause Hey, we love the music and we love the movie too. But, uh, it, I went back in time to a little shop called Hodgepodge, where a former <laughs> classmate was selling high or like band shirts and merch and all that kind of stuff. Because I, I would go in there and buy new shirts whenever I had a chance, and he'd constantly be playing this album. And it seemed like every time I walked in, "Burn" was the track that was on, and constantly on repeat, basically. Then when "Every Day Is Halloween" kicked in, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is great." I fully love the synth pop era of ministry and it, it was a welcome surprise after having land of rape and honey in the mind is a terrible thing to taste then going back and finding with sympathy sympathy and oh, yeah. popping that in i'm like and twitch yeah and twitch yeah but i had with sympathy first i was like this is not the ministry that i knew but <laughs> damn, this is fun i like it and yeah. uh 
you know, so I love this era. I got to say the piece that I missed, and we already talked about it earlier, but uh, I missed that mm, bop, bop part of, uh, you know, the song when, when the uh, synth is really driving through. But I yeah. thought, I thought it was a fun interpretation for sure. It got real huge in the middle and I thought that was killer as well. Uh, Killing Moon was probably not my most favorite on here. I, I definitely like the song. Um, Echo and the Bunnymen definitely have their own signature vibe. So you, you hear that voice like Steve was saying too. And I thought he did a great job with it. Don't get me wrong, but it, it just, that tonality has a certain aesthetic to it. And I think the heaviness, kind of muddies it a little bit and it's not an insult i just think that the way my ears are attuned to um that style of, of melody and things like that i just i don't i don't know that um if something could have changed to improve that but at the end of the day i feel like they grabbed songs that they loved and that were vital to them and they did a great job with them though yeah i and I'm circling back because I'm not giving this a bad rating because I loved it and, I, and I'm going to listen to this again and again and again because I liked it a lot. Sorry, Steve, <laughs> but, but I guess like um, I feel like, and this is what this is what I'm saying with Stabbing Westward. They're so good that, that I feel like they have the talent to try to reinterpret it a little further away from the original. Like I, I mm-hmm. get it. I like it that they did it that way. But like you guys, you guys remember when like a uh, Sweet Dreams came out by Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. Like, just taking it in, in a way. And I feel like talented musicians can do that. And I think Stabbing Westward, are, they are talented musicians. So it's just one of those things where it's totally, it's totally something I like and I'll listen to. It just left me wanting to see what they would do if, if the challenge to them was, okay, you know, reinterpret this a little bit. So do you feel like that they stayed true to it jeremy i mean do you like that that's how they did that stayed true to what the originals um mm, yes and no uh i think they stayed more true to their own sound i think they took all of these songs and part of the problem is that two of the three are i'm well they're kind of in that synth pop industrial realm Mm-hmm. And so that's a little close to home, maybe, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I like it's, it's called Hallowed Hymns. So I knew this is three bands that I know they love. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but, you know, Burn, I think, was like it's just kind of a fairly straight up cover. There's not anything super special going on. I I love it. It sounds great. But I mean, it's just. You know, of the three, it's my least favorite. Every day is Halloween. It's just a song. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, the the bop bop backing vocals being out is kind of weird because you're <laughs> it's like so ingrained in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but and like uh, you know, Ministry did their own re re tooling of this song just not too long ago. So. And that was a huge part of it was those backing vocals. So that's a little weird to hear that pulled out of there. I feel like they should have done some kind of musical thing to replace it. And they didn't really, mm-hmm. um, but it's fun. I, I enjoyed it and I will totally 100% disagree <laughs> with all of you on killing moon it was my favorite song on here. I absolutely loved it. I think I like it a little bit more than the original. Um, <clears throat> I just think, uh, I don't know. It, it, this is one that I think is different enough that it sounds almost like an update of the song because the original is amazing, but it is very, very 80s and sure. very much of the time. Um, and this one's kind of a like a modern retelling almost, I guess. And I loved it. I think it's moody and intense. The dynamics are good. Uh, I, the vocals and the music, I think, are very pretty. Uh, I, I love it. And the, the remix of Burn, I thought was kind of cool. It's just it's, it's almost you take a Cure song and make it sound super poppy. It, but not in a bad way. It's... Yeah. 
So right. we should get uh, a fund me crowdfunding thing going and commission Fiona Apple to cover the Echo and the Bunnyman tune, uh, a la the Fetch Me the Bolt Cutters uh, production style. <laughs> you see how he feels. Yeah, yeah. I throw some money at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, any any final words, or you have some? You want to rate it? Let's rate it, JPP. Yeah. I'm going to give it a four point three. I definitely enjoyed the ride. I thought it was fun, and I I like signature sounds of bands doing cover tunes. Um, in fact, I don't know if all of you have heard this. I I think I gifted Monday this uh, one holiday, but it was the album for the masses. It was the Depeche Mode tribute album. Oh, so good. good, so good. Yeah, you talk about bands with their signature sounds doing some incredible versions of some great Depeche Mode. Yeah. Failure is on there. They didn't enjoy the yep. silence, which I loved. Yep. Another fave is Master and Servant by Locust. It's got a bossa nova, kind of a sultry, yep. sexy vibe to it, you know, and that's what's yep. fun. And I think that Stabbing Westward has an intensity and they definitely have kind of a open wound emotion vibe going with their music. And that plays in these versions for them too, because I think, of course, these songs resonated with them when they were, uh, being influenced to play, obviously, and to hear their their sound with those, I I enjoyed that, and I will listen again. And that's that. D bags. Uh, I get a, a solid four. Absolutely, will listen again. I like stabbing westward. Um, also, coming off of a week where we had uh, the passenger Deftone song remixed, and got a sneak peek of some of Paul's work with Beating Chaos and so you know my appetite was kind of wet for something like this. Um yeah, you know all my other thoughts, but definitely four and I'll listen to all of them again. All right, Monday. Uh four out of five. This is, you know, I like I say I love stabbing westward and this was uh it's just fun for me. So I really enjoyed it. Looking forward to seeing what they do next. All right. And I'm going to go with a two out of five. And I am reminded of the. Sorry. That's pretty good. I could have given it a one. We've done that here on the show before, but I'm not going to do that. But I am reminded of the, the saying just because you can, should you? We'll leave it at that. <clears throat> yes. Stabbing westward should every single time. I kind of like when we have debates on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is boring if everybody says it's brilliant, and yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> unless it is brilliant, you know. So, all right, gentlemen, I think that's it for this week. Mm -hmm. So um, next week, Paul has the challenge. Tony has Lester Banks, and we will be reviewing Killer Be Killed. Really excited about that, Mister Mundy. If anybody wants to find you, where can they do that? Well, you can. Come on to Instagram at Metalhead Monday and argue with me about stabbing westward if you want. <laughs> well, let me write that down. Where? Yeah. <laughs> at Metalhead Monday. bags. Where can we find you? I'm on the Wanderings and Wool Gathering Facebook page. Excellent, JPP. You can find me on uh, Instagram under Just Plain Paul, all one word. And coming soon, you can find me on Instagram under the Phoenix Supernova. That'll be the new project inspired by my remix with beauty and chaos kind of uh taking a new direction with music and mangling sounds in a whole new light Stevie. will we be able to get uh snippets of your music and um special sneak peeks at that uh phoenix supernova absolutely fantastic okay, and, would you and be uh, go ahead or sorry tony i was just asking if paul would be willing to join us on a show for be our guest <laughs> Uh, I have to check my schedule. <laughs> I'm usually busy on Sunday night, so I'm doing a podcast. Oh, I can't wait. wait to have him on and then argue how much his album sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, one. this one fell kind of flat for me. I don't know. Yeah. Every day job. Uh, all right, Stevie, where can we find you? In my basement. And um, so, <laughs> Foggy's pal on Twitter and Instagram. And until next week, everybody, we'll see you then. Stay safe. Hide from the COVID. We'll see you then. Bye.
Revitalize. Disconnect. Revitalize.